What's going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to catch up again with Daniel Mertzloft over Zoom video. This is actually the second time we had a chance to hang out with Daniel, and it was amazing to see the success he's had in just one, like basically a year. Daniel recaps where he was born and raised, how he got into music, he went to school for composition, lived in Sonoma for a summer writing for uh, theater out there. But he had this big moment on TikTok when quarantine started with his grocery store song, which went totally viral, landed him a bunch of television slots. He was even on uh, James Corden. He wrote a song with James Corden that ended up being performed over Zoom for the virtual shows that they were doing um, all about Thanksgiving. So we talked about that again. He talked about it a bit in the first interview. And uh, at that time, he had the Ratatouille musical that just kind of started as a TikTok trend. Ended up getting nominated for an Emmy. He tells us about that. And this massive project he has going on right now with TikTok. The musical is called For You Page. For You, comma, and then the name Page. And it's a musical that was written for TikTok. The official TikTok account is going to stream the show live. And he's had a couple opportunities to go live on their TikTok, like the actual at TikTok account. And he talks about how nerve-wracking that was and how excited he is for this, this musical to come alive on TikTok, literally live. So he talks about the entire process of putting together the very first TikTok musical called For You Page. You can watch our interview with Daniel on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Daniel Mertzloft. Cool. Thanks for doing this, man. I think that's so awesome. Of course. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to be like in the room and this makes it feel very real. It's like actually chatting with people about it happening. For sure. For sure. Well, first off, you told me where you were born and raised last time, but uh, for people who haven't seen the first interview, talk to me about where you were born and raised. I know you kind of moved around quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was a military baby, so I actually grew up all over uh, the world. I was born in Florida, spent most of my childhood in Germany, then moved to Vegas, and then we finally settled in Buffalo, New York, which is where mm -hmm. I went to high school, um, and then college at the Crane School of Music, way, 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 way upstate New York, and then have been living in New York ever since. Amazing. You went to mostly like middle, I think elementary school, you said, in Germany? Yeah, all, of, all right? of elementary school was in Germany. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, um, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, that's... I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry. No, it was amazing. And um, it, like I said, my father was in the military, so it was an international school. So we spoke German, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, we had a lot of students from all over the place um, and we had to learn German and learn their culture. And, you know, we would like learn about like the special holidays they were doing. And no matter where you're stationed, you it's called host country. And wherever mm -hmm. you're stationed, you like learn about the place you are. So you can be respectful when you go out of, out of the base and all that, which oh. was, I mean, just, like so cool to learn and um, 
my family's also very German. So it was like kind of fun to, uh, to, to, to grow up there. I mean, my last name's Merch left, like, Merch right. left. I don't know how you get more German <laughs> than that. Um, do you still know German at all or do you kind of lose it? You know, I'm not fluent in it, but um, it's still there. And uh, the more I drink, the easier it becomes, actually, as I, I found. Interesting. Uh, especially <laughs> when I was, over, I was over there a couple months ago and uh, like I was at a Christmas market and the more glue vine I had, I was like, oh, yeah, my German is like much better the more the more I drink. Because I think it's like, you know, I learned it so young. I think it's like deep in there somewhere, but I get like so in my head now of like right. the grammar's right and all of that stuff that the booze unlocks like, sure. something in your brain. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. That's <laughs> funny. I remember you saying last time, uh, like you wouldn't have commercials right on the television there. It was just kind of like PSAs about how to conduct yourself either off base or yeah, yeah. There's some event happening at the chow room or something like that. Yeah, 100%. And it was, I just remember so specifically when I came back to the US for the first, and I'd like visited it, but I was so super young and it was between my um, third and fourth grade year that I came back. And that's when I like really remember being like, what is this specifically Nickelodeon? Like I like all that and all of those like oh, shows yeah. were on. And I was like, this is amazing. And you know, like those nineties or uh, like early two thousands commercials that were like, bah, 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 like, oh, sure. <laughs> like all of those, I was like, this is so cool. Oh my gosh. It's crazy that. Yeah. You, cause you probably got some of those stations, right. When you were there, you just yeah, didn't we, get all the content in between. Yeah. We, we just, we got all of that stuff. It just would go directly to like the, that programming. Cause our, like, you know, on, on people's cables, it's like spectrum or Verizon, whatever cable, our cable was, um, I think it was called AFN, which was like, but it was like from the military. So it was like no commercials, which is actually kind of nice, but yeah. Think about that. That's nuts. Um, with music though, I don't, I didn't ask you this last time. Did you do either your parents? Are they musical at all? I obviously so, come from the military family. So someone is in the military, but like yeah, as far as yeah. music goes. Well, actually both of my parents were really musical all through school. And like both of them were very, very active, especially in high school. My dad was a trumpet player. My mom played bass clarinet. Oh, wow. um, and then she was like drum major in the marching band and all of that jazz. So they both were very big into music, but neither of them pursued it. My mom actually pursued being an artist and she's incredible. And she like bakes now and does all the like artsy stuff that I can't do. Oh, that's um, cool. So neither of them pursued it, but like even in the military, my dad would play um, the trumpet for like funerals or taps or like the national anthem really? for things and all of that stuff. So he was constantly still playing, um, but he wasn't like in a military band or anything, but he would still, he was playing all the time. So th like those roots were there, but neither mm -hmm. of them necessarily pursued it. And like one of my uncles was a musician. Um, my grandma and grandpa on my mom's side uh, lived in New Orleans and like loved jazz. And I remember we would go visit them all the time and go to like the jazz fests and listen mm -hmm. to people play on the street and all that. So while it, there aren't very many musicians in my family, everyone is like a, a, a lover or ha like did play in high school or things. Mm -hmm. And they've been obviously really supportive of what you decided to do with your life. I mean, as far as you went to college for music and I remember you saying you moved to like Sonoma and we're working at some theater yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Some theater out there and just, um, you know, doing all of that, which eventually led you to having this crazy viral moment on TikTok. Like, yeah, it's, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. It's um, I think like if you um, had asked me like in middle school, if, if the path that I took was 
what it was going to be. Very, very much not. But I'm certainly by no means upset at the path <laughs> that I ended up on. Sure. So, well, I'm curious. So once you went, you went just to recap for other people, you ended up going to college for music. You got out. Of, you went to college in upstate New York. Is is in upstate like, New York? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you moved school to, music. went to Sonoma to work mm-hmm. at a theater. You said you're doing some summer program there, right? And you yeah, had to it was write just a bunch like of a, songs. One summer. Yeah. But it was one summer. I was there for four months. And I, it was like 50 plus arrangements and orchestrations over the summer, which is like absurd. But I learned how to work fast, which like on um, For You page, the project I'm currently working on mm-hmm. happened very quickly. So um, it ended up being really good for just like, uh, you know, getting better and trying things out. Like there were arrangements that summer that were horrible, but it was like, oh, I tried something and I learned from it. Like, but I had the opportunity to because it was like there were 50 in one summer. You know, I didn't spend like four years on an album to realize I hated three of the songs. It was like great. I didn't like those ones. Well, I have a whole set next week. So what's happening with those ones? Oh, okay. Were you writing for a show, a specific show that would, or would the show always change? Like so how there okay, were sorry. four shows over the summer and okay. each one was a different like cabaret, but fully staged um, thing. So they were all new, but it was like um, big, lots of medleys where it's like, here's like Whitney Houston medley. And then it goes into uh, someone like you from Jekyll and Hyde, but as a trio for three women. And then it's, so everything was a little different. There was never a song that was like, here's the song as you expect it. There was always something new or different or uh, weird and fun about it, which has allowed me to like sort of learn how to be an arranger. And I was already doing that, but that was really the like, you know, learning what works, what doesn't work hacks to like make it sound like you have a really big choir when you have five singers, Mm -hmm. Um, all of those things. It was like the perfect place to learn. Um, and then moved right from there to New York. Okay. And you started working in New York. Yeah. And then you were also doing stuff on Broadway or off Broadway as well. Yeah. So my, I, as soon as I moved to New York, I got a job at this company called iTheatrics and we're the ones who write and adapt the high school edition junior and kids musicals. So like, you know, like you go to a middle school and it's like the Annie junior, which is like the one hour version. um, Oh, so there's a company that writes that. It's not just like, I guess that makes sense. I'm sure the <laughs> drama teacher, theater teacher at the school is not like adapting. Annie now, granted, into, like, <laughs> are people doing that illegally? And are those versions terrible? Yes. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about the licensing and everything behind it. Oh yeah. People, people that, that that's the thing was people were doing it and it was actually Sondheim um, was like the first one who Sondheim and the guys who wrote Annie were the first ones to really like give their thumbs up. Of like, we should do this. And it's like, people are trying to do this. It's incorrect. It's not right. Like, why don't we just make the definitive copy? Why don't we do it? Because we know what we're doing, have like the professional people do that. So there's like, this is the approved one hour version. This is why we've made these decisions. We have workshopped this on kids already. We know that this works. We've done all this stuff. So I worked at that company um, for many years and I'm, I still am doing work for them. What, um, what plays were you able to like adapt into that world? I think since starting there, I have worked on like 22 different ones. Oh, uh, wow. There's that many that you can, you can so, send out to, yeah, like, I was just thinking like maybe the big, big ones that kids might know, but wow. Well, there's, I think my, my favorite ones that I've worked on were um, sister act it was randomly amazing. Oh, rad. Um, uh, Newsies was really fun to work on. Um, Moana. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think. There's, there's been so many because I've done 
like five summers or six summers there. And each summer there's like five or six shows. And I don't necessarily do like all of the, you know, I don't do all the work on all of them, obviously, but right. I work but on each of them of in some, in some case, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's so many, I can't even like think, That's think crazy. about that. Yeah, money. I, mean, I, w- I was just thinking of maybe like five or 10 basic ones, but the fact that like, they're doing that many that's that's yeah. a, that's amazing well here's here's um, a fun fact that i love which is more people see aladdin jr in one single year than have ever seen phantom of the opera on broadway ever whoa that's insane it's it's crazy like the the, the market of for licensing is like absurd it, it it's crazy <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember you were talking about that with, with when you did the Ratatouille one. Uh, you gave me, I, I asked about it and you're like, something about, like, you gave me like this, like disclaimer, like Disney response. And I thought it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> but I'll get that into, I'll get to that in a minute. But okay, so the pandemic happens and then what, you're just like, you decide to download TikTok because it's this thing and you're just, what, in are you just a consumer of the content at first or do you? Yeah. Like, I, yeah I tell really me what like the just, first steps. So I, w- I really was just consuming content. And then what really changed my mind was I saw a, uh, I saw one of the pianists from Wicked play part of Defying Gravity, which, you know, is like iconic song. And he was mm-hmm. like, hey, like I play this H or I played this H as a week pre-pandemic, like sing with me, be my alphabet. And it was like, this is the pianist of Wicked, who's playing that every single night on Broadway, and you can just click duet and sing with them. Like, how cool is that? What a fun, wild way to collaborate. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, that was the like, oh, I have some like fun arrangements and things. Maybe I can post one and people would want to like duet that. So I did. And I had like three followers were like my like three friends who followed me, whatever. And all of a sudden that got over like 10,000 views. And I was like, I don't know who is seeing this. but I'm glad they're enjoying it. And people were like duetting it and singing along. And I was like, how cool. So that was my very first like video that was like, Oh, it was like like, what an avatar. Uh, What'd you do? I can't remember. No, that, that one actually, that that didn't even go like viral viral. That was like like 10,000 views. Like it was not viral by any means, but like, that's still a lot. 10,000 views. (laughs) I mean, but I had like three followers and I was like, who are these people and why are they duetting this? But Mm -hmm. that was, um, it was, it's very niche. It was, this is me from uh, Camp Rock, but in the style of Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> I love that. My wife's, one of her favorite movies is Dear Evan Hansen. It's uh yeah, it's very niche, but, uh, but people liked it. So then um, from there, I started just like posting that content and then Netflix redropped Avatar The Last Airbender on, uh, like on their platform. And yeah. I've been obsessed with that show for many years. I have a Avatar tattoo. It's covered by my like COVID safety thing. Oh, um, nice. But I love, like, I've loved that show for many years. So I was so excited to see, like, a whole new generation of people falling in love with it. And I was like, I've always wanted to write an Avatar musical. Why don't I, like, write a little song? Ha, 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 And posted it. And that was my first video that got over 100,000 views. And I was like, this is crazy. And Whoa. I ended up meeting a bunch of collaborators on there, including Catherine Lynn Rose, who wrote um, a couple of the songs for For You page. She wrote um, this show within a show of For You page, which is, like, in the Avatar world, kind of. So it seems like the perfect fit for her. Yeah. Um, but I met her doing that. And then it was like, oh, people like this, like silly content. And then um, the song called New York Summer by Louisa Melcher was went really viral. And there was just a line in it that like killed me every time, which was we're fighting in the grocery store and I love you, but I don't know if I like you anymore. And I was like, that sounds like a really bad 
like musical theater, like modern musical theater thing. Like we've all seen that show where it's like the couple fighting and it's like, no one cares. So I was like, mm-hmm. great, funny. I'll post that. And that was my first like viral thing that made it off the platform and onto Twitter and all of that. And because it um, blew up on Twitter, right? Isn't that where it kind of yeah. you saw it go like nuts? Well, and it actually had, it blew up on TikTok. Like, right. um, but then it, the Twitter made it, Twitter made it very real because one, I didn't post it on Twitter. Like it was some random woman who made um, a feed that was like, this is why people hate on TikTok, but look at the amazing collaboration. And then it was like, all of these like very famous celebrities were like, this is awesome. How fun. Um, oh, and like, wow. I got onto the, um, the James Corden show, the late, late show with James Corden. Yeah. Their folks reached out to me because of that one. Um, and you and, did a parody, and, right? For like Thanksgiving or something like that. I remember yeah, you talking yeah. to me about. For, for, for par- with, uh, ended up starring me and James, which I knew was going to happen. But then it uh-huh. had Kristen Chenoweth and Josh Groban and uh, Audra McDonald and Patti LuPone and Josh Gad. Like it was, and I had no idea that was coming. Oh, um, you didn't. You just no. knew that you were doing, when you were, because you helped write it, right? Weren't you writing yeah, so, it and sending it back and forth? Or Yeah, yeah. So we collaborated with the with the writers. But what I was told was, you know, that this was still in the middle of the pandemic. I guess we're still in the pandemic, but whatever. It was like deep pandemic, like pre-vaccine pandemic. And um, I was told it was going to be like a, a thank you to the cast and crew of mm-hmm. The Late Late Show because they have a, a bunch of amazing singers and performers on there. So I thought that all the other roles were going to be played by people from the show, like one of the writers who I was working with, who's an incredible singer. Um, and they have that whole in-house band. So I thought one of right. them was going to do it. That's what I was told. So I, I, yes, I knew like, cause I wrote all those parts with them, yeah. but I didn't know who was going to be playing. Who them. was going <laughs> to actually play them. Wow. So it's the first time you see this when you go on like on, live on the zoom thing. Cause you did it on yeah. zoom, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just on, it was literally on zoom. And I was with my parents at the time. Cause I like went home for Thanksgiving and Christmas with them, I'm, like sitting in my parents, like kitchen living room. Cause they have like open concept thing or whatever. And being like, screaming at my zoom screen as i'm like alone and it's it was so bizarre to like experience and it's just going that, out like, to millions of people on yeah. i mean on the the television that's crazy well and what was really crazy was you know obviously like all of those late night shows they film at like 3 p.m or whatever so oh, right. i knew all of that and i told like my very close friends but i didn't post about it or anything because you know i wanted it to be a surprise but I remember getting off the phone and like telling my parents first and then calling like my group of friends being like, you'll never guess what the, <laughs> yeah, that was, it was wild. I still sort of can't believe that that happened. Like that specifically feels like um, a weird, weird, weird fever dream. Like That's... why did I, I have collaborated with Audra McDonald where she played a fire alarm. Like why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so cool though. So cool. And then the Ratatouille thing was next, right? Yep. And then Ratatouille was the next one. And that um, a, a woman named Emily Jacobson posted a video that was like this cute little song about Remy the Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this sounds like the finale of a Disney musical, you know, where everyone is like, we praise your Ratatouille. May the world remember your name. It's like the, it happens in, now that I say this, if you ever see a Disney musical, you'll notice every Disney musical ends with a reprise of most likely the I want song or like their love song, like the couple's love song. It's like a love thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, it's a big sweeping thing. The entire ensemble is singing the melody and like beautiful harmonies. And there's like all of this orchestra. And even though it's like corny, you cry because it's like exactly what you want. Um, right. So I was like, great. This is exactly how Ratatouille should end, which is if, if Ratatouille had been written like by 
a group of people actually writing it. In no world would that be an appropriate ending for the show. <laughs> right. So I posted that as like a joke, but then, uh-huh. and, I, and I sort of expected people to duet it in the way they had the grocery store thing. But what was incredible was it wasn't just that. What really took off was like people creating this fictional show together where it was like, oh my gosh, well, I guess, you know, Remy would also have this song here and then Colette would have like this song because this would make sense. So it became like this whole show where it's like, you knew all the beats, you knew all the songs, even though it didn't exist Mm -hmm. until we were able to like create a version um, with CB Productions and Disney Theatrical officially like giving us that, uh, that premiered January 1st, 2021. And we raised over $2 million for the Actors Fund, which was the single biggest fundraiser for the Actors Fund ever. That's so amazing. That it's is crazy. so amazing. And did you ever, uh, did it ever live past that or did, did it mainly stay online? Because there's a picture of you in Times Square pointing up at the red, you know, you're pointing up and it says for your consideration, you know, you had like an Emmy award for or Emmy nomination for it. Did yeah, it we make were, it into like a Broadway show or was no, that no, just it from never, that piece? Yeah. It, it never like made it to a Broadway show or anything, but we were Emmy eligible, which is like a huge thing for this little show on TikTok, you know? Um, so yeah, we, we, we had a big press campaign that included, billboards in Times Square, billboards all over LA. And that specifically was just like the most bizarre thing, right? Like, you know, like when you dream about your future, of course I like imagine like a marquee of a show I'm working on being in Times Square and like how cool that would be. Just in no world that I think it would be like gratitude, a, a parody musical <laughs> from a TikTok video that like that's for so, any considerate, like right. that's so, amazing so, though. So bizarre. Um, well, from there, is that how this whole TikTok thing i mean tell me about for you page which is like such a creative title anyway uh but then how does this thing start and like is it a conversation with tiktok is it something that you were like this would be awesome to do and then they want to get on board like tell me like how this thing even began yeah so this is this has been a long 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 uh conversation but basically after ratatouille the the things that were really exciting about that which is mainly accessibility right the idea that like anyone who has the app and a phone can view this. So Mm -hmm. for both the audience, but also for the creators who are the ones actually putting the show together and being able to be heard and having those voices in a much larger um, audience, Mm -hmm. like how can we take that and create a sustainable version that doesn't rely on existing IP or virality? Um, Because, you know, it's great that Ratatouille was the thing that did that, but of course it's a Disney movie. People love it. Everyone knows that what it is. And it relied on multiple videos going viral. And mm-hmm. was there a way to create that without having both of those like very important things? So that's sort of, I, I was talking with one of my co-producers from Media Monks um, and we came up with this Project Broadway, which is sort of an initiative to try to see if we could do that. And For You Page has sort of become the the experiment from Project Broadway to, to, see, to see if that would happen. Um, and, uh, the, our, the first big conversation was like, okay, if it's not an existing IP, what is it? So we were trying to figure out like, what is inherently TikTok? And we were like, well, like funny inside jokes. Like that's what TikTok is all about. Mm-hmm. So, um, I came up with a title for you page and we were like, wait, that's funny. And then we started asking people like, that's funny. So then we actually got the title first. And then the story oh. came. So I, I, I crafted, like we came up with the title and then I crafted the book with my co-book writer, Kate Leonard. And we like came up with this whole thing to like bring that story to life. 
um, that is just filled with inside jokes from TikTok and like is inherently TikTok. And it ends up being a love letter to the musical theater community on TikTok because it is such an amazing place to connect with people and for collaboration. I mean, I've worked with a million people from TikTok that I met through TikTok that I never would have met otherwise. And like some of the songwriters on this, Blake Rouse, they're an RJ Christian. Um, I, I worked with on Ratatouille. They both were on that, but there are people like Julia Ryu who I've never even like messaged before. Or I'd never really interacted besides just being like, wow, I love your content mm-hmm. and being able to work with her on this project has been so exciting. So it's, you know, old friends, new friends, trying to bring all of that together um, and then putting it out on TikTok with TikTok, which is the most exciting thing to see that TikTok is not only acknowledging the community, but embracing them by funding initiatives like this. Um, so it, it's been it's been a long journey, but I mean, I'm sitting here in the theater now, which is just crazy and so exciting. Um, and I do hope that that uh, that the community on TikTok sees that it is a love letter to them and, and, and enjoys the extraordinary amount of inside jokes and puns and over the top, uh, <laughs> over the top things in the show. <laughs> so if you are like an, a daily consumer of TikTok, uh, I see that I'm so old and out of touch. <laughs> like I don't, I, my kid has it or my older son has it. And um, I have it to an extent, but I, I haven't really spent the time that I should like consuming the content. That's okay. It is. Yes. So so that's the thing. This was another challenge that we wanted to do was we wanted to make sure that if someone were to watch this and had never opened TikTok before, it would still be an enjoyable show. So when I was working with Kate Leonard, my co-book writer on this, it was like a lot of the conversations were you know, making sure dramaturgically, if we were including lines that were like inside jokes and things that it actually made sense in the story. So if you didn't catch the reference, it wouldn't be like taking you out of it. You're like, why would they say something like that? It just Uh, sounds natural. Um, And there's also not like these crazy long references of like playing videos or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really, we built like into the dialogue, into the story, little tiny references that if you know, you know, and if you don't, you don't. And there's even things where like, we've encouraged the cast to say that. And there are times when someone's been like, can I like say this? And we were like, I don't know what that is. And they're like, that's like a really popular sound. We're like, we're on Uh... very different sides of TikToks. So there's even um, like, lines of dialogue now that we didn't necessarily know what the original reference was, but they were like, Oh, this would be a good place to do that. So even in the room, it's been a big collaboration between all the actors, all of the writers, um, all the our incredible directing team, which is, you know, we are shooting it vertically on a phone. Which, you are. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which uh, not on a phone. We have actually, but, 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 yeah, but, but it's vertically shot. Wow. Yeah. Um, which I don't, I, I, you know, I'm sure has been done before, but I don't know to the scale of production has ever been, have, has ever been done before. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's been a challenge, but it's been fun. Like it's, it's kind of crazy. And we were able to write it for that format, knowing it was going to be doing that. So they were also able to stage things specifically for that and use the fact that we were filming it and filming it vertically to like tell a different story than you might, if you were in a proscenium theater. Mm Mm-hmm. What's cool is like, like you said, it is a collaborative thing because your for you page is going to be different than who, you know, somebody else that's working there. And because it really, it, the algorithm builds off what you're engaging with, right? Or what, how long you're staying on a video or so it's going to yeah, feed yeah. you similar content. Whereas what you're watching and staying on might be different than whoever, else, you know, somebody else in the room and what they might see the same sound a few times. And you're like, I've never even seen that before. Yep. So yeah. you're and kind of reaching a wide net of everyone that's engaging in TikTok. 
Totally. And that's, you know, that's sort of the amazing part about TikTok and why I think the collaboration aspects that have happened um, have only happened there and not other entertainment platforms or any social media. Um, And that would be because of the For You page, which is inherently like, you know, their, their main thing. And it's the idea that like, it doesn't, it didn't matter that I had four followers. People mm-hmm. like saw that very first video and were like, Oh, this is fun. Would comment and like sang along. And then TikTok was like, Oh, that person who really likes a lot of hashtag musical theater really liked this video. Maybe this other person who really likes a lot of hashtag musical theater would do that. So it doesn't, you don't need followers. You don't need to like, you know, be an influencer to get views. If people mm-hmm. like your content, if you're putting yourself out there and putting out content that you support, like people are going to be able to see it in a way that is not accessible on any other entertainment platform or a social media platform. That is the, what the coolest thing about it is almost like a level playing field for everybody. I mean, obviously if you have 20 million people that follow you, you're of course pushed up closer into the, into the for you page, but everyone essentially has the same, you know, the same amount of people ready to watch it. It's just, if people are engaging, it'll stay up there longer. And like you said, you had like four followers yet you can get a hundred thousand views on a video. And yeah. most people, and I also heard that like followers are on, and I don't know if this is true. It's more about like, you know, on TikTok is more about just like having the clout of like, Oh yeah, a hundred thousand followers. Because realistically, I bet a lot of, not a lot of people are just going to the people that they follow this thing right? The tab, it's mainly everyone's on the for you tab. Well, and it's funny because like, I don't have that many followers. Like I have around like 70,000 followers, which don't get me wrong is a lot of followers, (laughs) but I don't have a lot, you know, like 70,000 people following me, but you know, it's not like, I don't have nearly like millions of followers or anything like that, but it's, you know, I have videos like the grocery store and the Ratatouille thing that have so many views, but it's even like my grocery store video, that original video only has like 50,000 views or something. It's just the sound was used on like 10,000 videos. And a lot of those got millions and millions of views. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's not even my personal video that did that. So it's, it's crazy. Like how quickly that also can go where it's untraceable. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm sure TikTok has a weird algorithm somewhere that could like trace how many people use a sound, but as far as I know, I like, you can't, I have no idea how many people. Oh, you can't just go to your sound and like, look at it and say, it might, it doesn't say like 50,000 views on the video, but it shows billion. how many times it was used. It shows how oh, many times. Oh, but it doesn't it tell used, you how many views of that sound. You, I get it. Got no, because there's also you know people can like use it and then stitch it and like you haven't it wouldn't account for that and all of that stuff is is crazy. <laughs> That's so wild. Yeah, what a it's it is crazy. And then to have TikTok on board with what you're doing, and then I guess my next question is, it, you said it shot vertically, mm-hmm. but then how? Because in a TikTok video, right, it's like they go from a minute to like three minutes. Now you can, that- I think you actually can do up to 10 minute now, but I don't know. Who, I don't never seen one, but in okay. theory, uh, most of them are under one minute. Some people you're using three minutes now. Okay. So how is the, is it just because it's going to be a live? It's going live, right? On yeah, TikTok. So it's, it's essentially it a live, like, live. So you're going li- like TikTok at TikTok is going to go live and yep. it's going to be the production, which is not yeah. so it's crazy. <laughs> it's probably going to be main page, you know, like the amount. Yep. Is that uh, a I lot mean, of pressure knowing that like all essentially there could be the billions of eyes on uh-huh. 
this thing not to <laughs> yeah. scare you but like you know no, what no. I mean? and it's it's crazy because it's also um i've been going live since january and most of them are on my page but last mm-hmm. week for the first time i went live from at tiktok but it was on my phone so there was someone in the room from at tiktok or from at, from tiktok who like five minutes before i logged into my phone and they had to like look at my phone the entire time it was and like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to do anything wrong, but it's one of those things where you like, you see a cop and you're like, what did I, I did something. I'm going to get arrested. Like, oh, I don't know. Sure. I was like, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do wrong, but I'm just so scared. <laughs> I always think about that. Yeah. That's a good point. Like if you get to take over their account, like essentially you could just go nuts, but I guess if somebody else is controlling it, you couldn't go nuts. Yeah. And it was, I mean, <laughs> no, but like they handed my phone back to me. They just, oh, had they look did. At it, but it was like terrifying. And then I like, you know, like, my hands are like shaking and I like clicked the like plus button to like start a live. And it was so funny because the last title of the live was like squid game interviews live. And I was like, Oh God, like I have to like go on their account and like type what I'm doing. And I'm like, for you page cast me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. It it was so cool. Um, Although my, my absolute favorite comments that um, one of my colleagues, Macy Schmidt saw was, um, and this is not, this is not one many people, thought I owned TikTok and was like asking me like, why did you start TikTok? Like, what was your idea to start TikTok? And I was like, I just write songs, y'all. Like, it is not me. I do not. <laughs> I am not the creator of TikTok. I am the creator. Or what if they thought you created the For You page? Well, I created you can For say You, you co- comma page, but- But you could just say I created page. a For You page. That is true. Like that is that is actually true. Yes. You don't have to really you don't have to hold too hard on the you. You just go, yeah, I, I you know, I'm the creator for you, Paige. Um yeah. Um I mean, but it was it was crazy and and then you know immediately I like hand them back and I'm like, please log me out. Like I don't like this pressure. Like this is <laughs> and and we're actually doing that again tonight. Um I will be huh? going live at uh eight eight PM. Eight PM. Um, really? I'll have yeah, to which is, borrow my son's phone or down, I use mine. Download the oh, app. Oh, yes. Download it. Download download TikTok. Uh, and you, because it'll be the exact same process this week that you'll need next week to like make sure. Watch the next show. Next week on Thursday uh, to watch the show because it'll be live on TikTok. Um, what if you miss is it? Is it going to be around somewhere or you're just screwed? As of right now, it is live, live. And part of that is um is the idea that we are trying to recreate the experience of real musical theater, which is mm-hmm. being in a room with people. And that's like sort of the magic of it is yes, it's happening like in New York, eight shows a week, but none of those shows are ever the same. There's always something different because the, the audience is different. And I know it's like a corny thing to say that the audience is the last character that you add, but it's so true because mm-hmm. depending on the audience, it's a completely different show. Um, so I, we're trying to recreate that in in it being live. Am I hopeful that there might be rebroadcast on the line? Of course, because I don't want to like happen and disappear forever because I also am like, won't be able to watch it because I'm right, right. You know, working on it. So I would love to see it again myself um, where I'm not super stressed and can actually enjoy it. But okay. um, but for Thursday, I, w- I, I won't be on a phone. I will be in the theater here in our like crazy booths that are set up everywhere. Making sure it all runs properly. Well, all the tech people making sure it runs properly. I'm just okay. stressed and watching, pretending like I know what's going on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I have just a couple more questions. I'm sure, curious sure. about, so TikTok is a lot of, you know, fast edits, right? It's like mm-hmm. this and then psh, now it's this. Are you able to kind of mimic that in the show? Oh yeah, we have four cameras 
Um, oh, okay. Four cameras. We have uh, three that are out in the audience. Um, two are stationary. One is able to move. And then the last one is going to be on stage and be able to move all around uh, with the actors. So uh, you at times will be right on stage. It's really um, the way that they shoot the Tonys or maybe like the mm. NBC lives or things like that. There are elements okay. of that where, where you feel like you are, you, you are right there in it, but yeah. And there's also like one ballad in the entire show. Everything else is fast and funny and quick. Um, okay. Cause you know, it's like we have a short attention span. So sure. you get one ballad for the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Dude, congratulations on all the success, especially it's uh, last time I talked to you was only what, about a year ago. And the, the, another, what you've accomplished is crazy. Yeah, man, that's so awesome. Um, and I guess my last question for you is, I asked you this last time, but hey, let's do it again. If you have any advice for aspiring artists. You know, that's a great question. And I actually wonder what I answered because I feel like it's probably the same thing, but I think it's just to like put yourself out there and... Um, I'm going to quote one of my uh, favorite authors and a colleague of mine, um, uh, Jody Pico, who's a very famous uh, New York Times bestselling author. She always says, you can't edit a blank page. And I think especially as a writer, um, it's really easy to theorize and think about what you're going to write and think about the things you're going to do one day and think about that. But until you write something, you can't edit it. And even if like, even if the song is terrible, the first time you write it, like, okay, then throw it out and rewrite a new one or do rewrites. Like now, you know what it's, you at least know that it's not what you just wrote. Um, you know, so you can't edit a blank page, like put yourself out there, just do it. If you want to write, write. If you want to like become an actor, then do it. Like start posting stuff on TikTok, find, find somewhere local around you where you can start acting. Like, um, I mean, I know the blank page is specifically for writing, but I think it's true. It's true for everything. So I would, I would quote Jody Pico and say, uh, you can't edit a blank page. 